Hey girl, welcome to the What A Mouthful podcast. I'm your host, Dee. I'm a qualified nutritionist, personal trainer, mindset speaker, and my favorite of all, I'm a mum. Living your best life doesn't have to be a grind, and I'm going to show you how to achieve a healthy mind and body. And if this episode speaks to you, give a sister a five-star review. This episode is brought to you by FlowFit. Your hormones should not be changing so dramatically that you could stab somebody one day and hug them the next or leave you crying because your dog won't let you cuddle him. (laughs) But if on top of that, you never know when your period's coming and you know you're overtraining and under eating or you know that your body is just stressed the fuck out, you're one in 10, not the only one. And I've built a six week challenge that is not only customized to your body, but it shows you how to eat, train, and think to match your cycle with specifically targeted nutrition plans and training programs and daily mindset practices that help you feel like yourself again in no more than an hour a day. And I educate you on the go while you're already implementing and benefiting from those changes. Head to www.flowfit.live or you can book a 15 minute Zoom call with me through my link tree on Instagram and we can talk about if Flowfit is right for you. Welcome back to the What A Mouthful podcast. I'm your host, Dee Zabara. And by popular demand, you guys voted on this episode for today's solo podcast. The title of today's episode is Gaining Weight. What's wrong with me? the five hormones to balance for weight loss. So I wanna run you through just five for you to focus on. Firstly, nothing is wrong with you, okay? So don't get in that spiral mindset. Your body's not fucked up and it's not your enemy. You just have to understand it and start to speak body language, okay? Now let me be your translator for you. First and foremost, I will say if you haven't listened to the How to Boost Your Metabolism episode, which is episode five of my podcast, I think it'll be a really important listen for you because it talks about a few ideas, things like metabolic flexibility and how your nervous system plays a part in your ability to gain or lose weight. But let me just give it to you in a little bit of a nutshell now so you kind of understand it. Basically, and this is the biggest hormone as one of the five, this is the biggest one. This is the one that makes the most ripple effect on all other hormones. When you're in your fight or flight response, so this is your sympathetic nervous system response, your body is going to be better at burning carbohydrates over fat because it takes time to burn fat and it's very quick and easy for your body to burn carbohydrates, okay? So this is the principle of metabolic flexibility. When you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, so you're relaxed, you're chilled, you're in your rest and digest response, that is when your body is able to best burn fat over carbohydrates. So you find that like people who are like always on and always going and like dunking the coffee and like full of meetings and back to back busy all the time are going to be the kind of people that have to have carbs. And then those people who don't have carbs because carbs break down to sugar, just, you know, just so you're with me. Um, But when those people don't have carbs, like let's say, for example, they're like, oh, I'm just like, just want to do all the HIIT training and then I want to go on a keto diet. 
the reason that doesn't work for them and the reason that they tend to plateau or they start to continue to gain weight and they're like so confused with why that is happening is because their body is looking for a fast fuel to burn because they're always on the go. So it needs to be a quick fuel to burn and it's looking for carbs. It's burning carbs. And so it's saying to you, hey, you need to replace the carbs that you've used up. And especially for women, there seems to be this kind of sweet spot where we need to have at least or around about 20% carbs in our diet in both halves of the cycle or 20% body fat on us as well. That seems to be our sweet spot for most people. Now that'll obviously fluctuate a couple up or a couple down depending on, you know, who you are and, you know, your unique sort of makeup and your genetics will probably play a role into that. Um, but I would say your nervous system plays a much, much bigger role in your weight management than you could possibly, possibly imagine. So I just wanted to make that principle clear first that your nervous system, so how stressed or relaxed you are, is going to make a big difference in how much fat you're able to burn. If you are never in your parasympathetic nervous system, if you are never in your rest and digest, how on earth are you going to be good at burning fat? The answer is you're not. Okay, so rewind that, play that again. It needs to be very, very clear that you need to understand if you're never relaxing, if you're never being in the present moment, taking time out, going on a holiday, meditating even, um, deep breathing, any kind of reflective or contemplative practices, if you're never doing those things and you are always on, your body is going to have such a hard time burning fat And you're just going to continue to accumulate it because the same issues that got you to putting on the weight is going to continue you gaining the weight, if that makes sense. And I know it's really scary because a lot of people are like, how am I just going to stop and relax? And that's going to help me burn fat. But I'm telling you, it is. So just trust me, listen and just do those things. Um, But I'm going to run you through really quick just so that you have that in the back of your mind with sort of like gaining weight and like it not stopping, um, like you not stopping putting on weight. Uh, I just wanted to like preface this conversation with that because the number one hormone to balance for weight loss is cortisol. So cortisol is our stress hormone. Our adrenal glands make cortisol, but cortisol, while all these other hormones that I'm about to tell you, they all impact each other. I would say that cortisol is the one that affects our society the most in general because you know I'm a hormone specialist but I don't just look at sex hormones I really look at the interplay between brain sex and stress hormones and how all of those affect each other and cortisol I feel like is the one that's going to have that big downstream kind of like spiral or knock-on effect to all the others the most but they all are dynamic and they all have this interrelationship and they all sort of play off each other So I also want to make a note before I continue, because I'm about to tell you about cortisol, but I want to make a note that progesterone is not one of these five. But the reason it's not one of these five is because first, by balancing these five, your body will naturally increase in progesterone. So if you know me, if you follow me, if you know anything about FlowFit, my six-week hormonal challenge is all about helping you feel confident in the body that you're in, but balancing your hormones at the same time, right? I think that if your hormones are balanced and you're healthy, the side effect is you lose weight or you gain weight, depending on what end of the spectrum you need to be. Obviously, today I'm speaking most to people who 
you know, are having trouble kind of keeping the weight off or just maintaining their weight and it feels hard to do. So progesterone actually is the hormone that you want to hack and have more of because it does the work for you. You can actually leverage your hormones. That means that means that you don't have to work as hard and you will still be able to maintain your weight like more easily. And this whole concept of, you know, do less and achieve more is what I'm all about. Like let's hack the shit out of our lives by hacking our hormones to make life easy. Because let me tell you right now, you're pushing shit up a hill and you don't have to. You don't have to. And, you know, I know you might feel like, well, what do I do? Well, let me tell you what to do, okay? Um, So here is the five hormones to balance so that you can get that weight either stable or start to reduce it if that is what you need okay i'm not talking to people who are like underweight okay if if you are recognize that you have a challenging relationship with food and you possibly could have something like anorexia bulimia or orthorexia i'm not talking to you i'm talking to people who have weight that need that needs to be uh, lost who are you know kind of more on the dangerous side of having excess weight okay So number one is cortisol. So like I said, cortisol changes the way that your other hormones function. So it's a very important one. And I feel like it's the one I talk the most about. So how do you know that you have an issue with it? So with cortisol, generally, and it's interesting because this is most PCOS girls, generally, even lean PCOS girls, so all types of PCOS, have more belly fat. So if you feel like you have a fairly leaner body or you distribute weight very evenly other than your belly then this is very likely you if you also have poor sleep and I'm not even going to like go further into that because I have an entire episode on that with Olivia Arizolo it was an amazing episode you guys loved it that was episode 19 and if you have sugar cravings because your cortisol and your insulin are really closely tied together And so it's really important for you to understand if you're having those sugar cravings, it's probably because it's not going to be just solely the fact that your cortisol is high, mind you, it's a domino effect of your cortisol being high. So you're likely someone who's going to have a coffee first thing in the morning because you've got a lot on, you're going to go a couple hours and then you're going to get to like 11 o'clock and be like, I'm fucking starving because you're trying to intermittent fast. Or maybe you're just so busy that you just like didn't get time to have breakfast. And then you're going to get to like lunch and you're going to feel like it sits heavily in your stomach and it doesn't quite feel like and then you're gonna get bloated and then at about three four o'clock you you sit in a meeting room or a board meeting or you're at home and you open the fridge and you're like if there is any chocolate in here I'm devouring that shit like that is that is what I'm talking about so yes that is also for insulin um, a way that you can know that you have an issue with this hormone but sugar cravings is so like cortisol and insulin are so kind of closely linked that I would say sugar cravings is a big sign as well that you have some uh, an issue with cortisol so what can you do about it so I'm going to give you a few quick tips uh, to give you an idea of what you can do about it so the first tip is learn to set boundaries and say no You don't have to say yes to every single thing that comes into your life, every opportunity, everything that everybody asks you to do. You don't have to. You have a choice always. okay, always. And it's kind of like choose your heart. You're either going to say yes to the thing and like suffer in silence or you're going to say no. And then there's going to be potential problem with the person that you said no to. Both are hard. 
choose your heart. But let me tell you from the perspective of high cortisol, you're going to want to learn to set boundaries and say no. And I did an episode with Annie McCarthy on this for episode two. And she was just amazing at like talking about like boundaries and things like that. But if you're in Sydney and she didn't ask me to like promo this for her, but if you're in Sydney on September the 18th, Boundaries Are Sexy is her Sydney event and I'm going to be there as a speaker and I would love for you to be part of it. So if this is like resonating with you and even if you've heard Annie on episode two, we're going to be in an event together on September 18th. So please come along. Um, What else can you do about it? You can do my three daily practices. I talk a lot about these three daily practices. They are an essential for anyone doing flow fit. So you have to absolutely do this every single day. And there's only three things. I like three. It's like an easy roundabout number. There are three pillars. And one of those pillars is focus. And so that's what you think about. And within that pillar, there is three daily practices that every flow fit fox must do that I do every day. And when I've, you know, if I'm like way too busy and I find that I'm not doing one of these things, I tell you what, like everything changes. And the thing that I notice that changes the most is the, is my vibe. Like if I want to keep a high vibe and keep manifesting and attracting great things to happen in my life and continue progress, I just feel really good and really grounded. These three things are non-negotiable. And yes, I will tell you what those three things are. The first is meditation. The second is journaling. And the third is grounding. I plan to do an episode on those three things in the future, but for right now, if you could just do those three things and just maintain just those three, they have such a massive influence on your nervous system and they're so easy. So like, why would you not do it? It would be crazy not to. Um, What else can you do about it? You could go on a holiday. Okay, just go on a holiday, take a break. Another thing that you could do, I mean, what an idea, I know. Uh, Another thing that you could do is you could try with some adaptogenic herbs. You might be able to supplement with things like ashwagandha, I think is great. Um, You know, things like rhodiola, obviously speak to your health practitioner about this. They'll be able to give you a bit more guidance as to like what would suit you best. I personally love ashwagandha. Okay, let's move to hormone number two to help you balance uh, for weight loss. So thyroid, okay, so that's number two. And it's more having low thyroid hormones. Now, there's a little bit of nuance to this. So if you've ever had a TSH done on a blood panel, that is just not enough information to give us for us to know, is your thyroid functioning appropriately or not? So TSH is a brain hormone. It's when your brain speaks to your thyroid, your thyroid like being like around your neck. And when we just have that as a snapshot like let's say for example you go to your doctor and you say hey look i want to uh, i want to get my thyroid tested i'm struggling losing weight or they say hey let's test your thyroid that's all well and good but if they just do tsh that is literally telling us nothing all that's telling us is how loud or how quietly is your brain talking to your thyroid it doesn't tell us like what's the output happening there is your thyroid making the hormones that it needs is the main thyroid hormone that we need to to burn fat and to lose weight is that optimal and so there's all these like little nuances so let me just give you an idea if you're in australia and you're using australian measurements then what you want is you want tsh to be between one and two you want your t4 um to be around about you know like 15 to 18 your t3 to be about five to six between 
to be between that. Um, and you want the ratio of your T4 to T3 to ideally be three to one. And if there's an imbalance there, it usually indicates a selenium deficiency. Um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that when I tell you like what you can do about it, because it will make a little bit more sense. But basically you've got the TSH, which is your brain talking to your thyroid. T4 is when you're actually measuring how much output is coming from your thyroid. But T3 specifically is the one that your body needs to convert it to. So you sort of have like T4, it's kind of like your inactive thyroid hormone. Then you convert to either T3, which is the one that's like makes you burn fat and, and, and like effectively lose weight. Um, and then on the other side, if you have a deficiency in this one mineral, then your body will actually start to make reverse T3. So not only are you now nutrient deficient, but your body is actually slowing down your weight loss and creating weight gain. So it's really important that you understand this. Like on top of that, you might also have uh, antibodies tested. Although I will say like doctors don't freely test this kind of stuff. You normally need to go to like, you know, find somewhere online or uh pay for these yourself so like you know a natural practitioner will do that for you um someone in the healthcare space a nutritionist a naturopath will be able to get these bloods done for you but generally a doctor won't do it unless you have a history of thyroid issues in your family so that's when you can generally get it so especially with antibodies you generally won't get antibodies done unless again you have autoimmune conditions in your family or if you have any thyroid problems currently in your family and so when you have antibodies high that is also a danger sign and so you might have like you know ways that you can figure out if you have an issue with this hormone is like weight gain for sure fatigue brain fog depression anything that makes you feel slow and exhausted and also specifically as well and this is not the antibodies per se but this is like how what your thyroid levels are doing themselves is if the ends of your eyebrows start to fade away. So like you get like kind of shorter eyebrows from the outside in, if that makes sense. I'm filming this, by the way, from my YouTube channel. So I'm able to show you what it looks like on the on YouTube. But I know that if you're listening, you know, through your um, podcast platform, that you won't be able to see what I'm doing. But um, basically, it's like the ends of your eyebrows kind of go away. But anything that makes you feel like slow, unmotivated, fatigued, like that kind of all round, all month long, I might add, that is generally a slower or like less optimal hypothyroid where your thyroid hormones are just, they're not cranking as they should be. So what can you do about it? It's really important that you ensure you have good digestion. Digestion in itself, again, another podcast episode, there's so much there, um, and that you're optimizing food sources of iron, zinc, and selenium. So selenium is that mineral that I was talking about that if you're deficient in, your body is going to make reverse T3 and make it even harder for you to lose weight because as much T3 as you have, you might have like, like that much reverse T3. And so it's like, not only do you not have the one that's metabolically active, but you also have the one that is slowing down fat loss. So it's really, it gets really tricky and you can get in quite a funk with that. Removing endocrine disruptors is very important. So there's a couple of studies that show that, you know, um, plastics and BPAs and stuff like that can interrupt our thyroid hormone as well. So it's very important where possible that you choose low tox options. Like this is like, easy swaps from like plastic Tupperware to glass. Never heat anything up if it's not glass or steel. Um, yeah, pretty much glass or steel 
or thereabouts. So if it's if it's plastic or plastic-like, if it's a cheap pan or pot, like you can kind of guess that it's probably on the higher tox side. So we just want to be really cautious with those things. Anytime you're touching plastic, plastic bags, plastic Tupperware, oh, plastic phone cases, very important. And also the lids of your takeaway cups are also plastic. So anytime you heat plastic, that goes into our bodies. Our liver has to process that. Our thyroid is heavily affected by that. Um, and it just becomes a real big problem. Um, so yeah, guys, phone cases is such a massive one. I know I blew a lot of people's minds when I shared on my Instagram about coffee lids. And now I know I've got this whole army of women that like send me photos when they're not, where they're like having their coffee with like the lids like off. But phone cases is another massive one. We, we must touch our phones all day, every day. So that's a really big exposure to plastic and endocrine disruptors. Um, also address any gluten sensitivities or get tested for celiac, especially if you have elevated antibodies. So that one is like mostly for elevated antibodies, but there is some research that suggests, and I'm sure that this is the MIND Foundation, M-I-N-D-D, the MIND Foundation, that looks at, you know, um, gluten, the molecule, the molecules of gluten are very similar to um, uh, like the inflammatory molecules where the thyroid then starts to kind of like destroy itself um, and like the autoimmune cells that yeah that destroy the thyroid are very similar to like gluten cells and ha- can have the same effect um, I feel like I butchered that a little bit but go and check out the mind foundation and and type in gluten and they'll look at the they'll show you and talk about the sensitivity as well um, with that and then what it actually does and the impact that it has on thyroid especially for graves and Hashimoto's it's like gluten sensitivity is a big one to address And finally, work on stress reduction or stress resilience. And I say stress reduction or stress resilience because sometimes you can reduce the stress, you can say no to the things, but like say for example, there are some things you can't get rid of, like your children, (laughs) you just can't. So it's about being more resilient, keeping the things in there that like you have to have, like, you know, you can't just go on a holiday forever and just not work because then how are you gonna make money? But it's all about that resilience. Okay, let's move to hormone number three. So it's insulin. And it's usually, I'm going to talk about insulin being high. So uh, what kind of happens with high insulin is over time, our muscle cells get blocked and don't let sugar in. And insulin is the hormone that kind of controls that. So when muscle, uh, when glucose, so carbohydrates get broken down into glucose, when glucose can't get into the muscle cells, which helps to fuel the muscles, by the way. So if you're like doing workouts and you're just feeling like, I just cannot grow muscle. I don't feel like I can use my muscle. My muscles get so fatigued so fast you might want to get tested for um, insulin resistance or just check your insulin levels. So when it gets resistant, that means that all of that glucose, it can't stay in the blood. So then it gets shuttled into fat cells, which is the only other place that it can possibly go. And so that obviously is a big issue and then causes a lot of weight gain because that blood, that glucose is not safe to stay in the blood. So your body's like, well, I'm going to put it somewhere. And fat cells are like, hey, we love to grow. Put it over here. Unfortunately, that is what's happening. Um, So yeah, so how do you know you have a problem with it? Sugar cravings is a massive one. If you're super stressed, that's another massive one. Um, If you have any signs of like type two diabetes, especially, so this is like on the high side. So any any issues with type two diabetes or PCOS as well, um, then you'll know that those will be issues for you. So for women specifically, like high insulin can can often be like things like acne, 
issues with detoxification because of the other influences from other hormones as well but like sugar cravings i think would be the biggest one also sometimes if you wake up at night because you're hungry that's another one that that is kind of like a dead giveaway in my opinion but there are also so many things and other things can include you know brain fog depression weight gain fatigue those things can all be insulin related as well um but I would talk to your healthcare practitioner to be able to figure out exactly which hormone is creating an issue for you because nine times out of 10, it's going to be more than one. What can you do about it? Okay, so let's just do this real quick. Eat less sugar in general where possible. And I say sugar with like highly processed sugars, like fruit, I think is still fine unless you are like extremely, extremely insulin resistant. And then you need to kind of overhaul all of it. And take out all the sugar which might include fruit but i don't think it's necessary for most people in general and eat protein and fat with your carbs so never have carbs naked always make sure that they are coupled with some protein or fat and that will just mean instead of like you getting this massive sugar hit when you eat carbohydrates because remember carbohydrates break down to glucose glucose is sugar instead of you having that massive hit you're going to buffer it and so it's kind of going to make a low GI kind of meal out of or snack out of what you decided to eat. So instead of it being like high GI, incredible amount of sugar at once, it will help to buffer and slow that release of sugar into your bloodstream, which is what we want. Um, you could also try using apple cider vinegar prior. Now, I don't recommend that you do that if you've ever had an eating disorder and apple cider vinegar has been a trigger for you. So just don't do that one. Um, but if you don't have any issues with apple cider vinegar, then I would suggest that you use that prior in a digestive shot. Um, it will really help to, you know, even if you add it into like salads and things like that, it actually has been shown in science to be able to help you manage your blood sugar with that meal. Go for a walk after a meal, but don't do intense exercise or do FlowFit. <laughs> FlowFit is specifically geared for girls with PCOS. So it really helps because insulin is a main issue with PCOS. Um, okay, so estrogen is number four, hormone number four. So this can be high or low. So I'm just going to quickly run you through high and then I'm going to quickly run you through low because I've got five minutes here, people. So high, on the high end of things. So how do you know you have an issue with it? You will have issues with like fat accumulating in like what looks like its own part of your body so let's say for example it just accumulates on your hips and you find that whenever you gain weight it just accumulates more and more in the same spot so that can be uh, a sign that you have high estrogen because fat cells can make their own estrogen why does it have to be even worse than having fat in the first place but it, that is what happens and then on top of that because it's kind of isolated and compartmentalized in that fat tissue that subcutaneous fat then your liver can't really detoxify it very well until you burn that fat. But it's a really tricky, that's a really slippery slope. So don't get into the um, thought that like, okay, well, I just have to cut all my calories and like train heaps because the whole point of this is to say that is not where you need to start. You need to start with balancing hormones first and then the rest will sort of come and you'll adjust as you go. So um, yeah, high estrogen, other high estrogen um, issues you might have is you might be really moody, uh, really quick to, to like tear up. Um, you might be really fluidy. You'll get sore boobs before your period comes. You might get ovulation pain. Um, let me think what else I can think of. Those are the main ones, really. Uh, you might break through bleed or spot um, throughout your cycle when you don't necessarily are meant to have your period. So those, those are all like 
clues that um, your estrogen can be high and so it puts a lot of burden on the liver and you tend to have a lot of recirculating issues also high estrogen can also be um, picked up if you have high histamine issues um, where you have like maybe you have MCAS or something like that endometriosis actually is a really good example of this too because um, there is a really close relationship between your immune system and estrogen. So if you have like a really overactive immune system, it's like you can smell something and then like you have this really big reaction that could indicate that you have high estrogen as well. Low estrogen um, actually stimulates appetite and researchers from Yale found that estradiol, which is your healthier estrogen, uses the same biochemical pathways in the body as leptin. Uh, and leptin is your um, satiation hormone. It's like, that's what it tells you, like, I'm good, I've eaten enough, um, uh, which is a hormone released by fat. So leptin is actually released by fat. Um, and when activated, it pushes your hunger button and tells you that you need food. So, which is kind of a good thing because I generally find that women with low estrogen are generally hypothalamic amenorrhea kind of girls who eat very little, have been very stressed, and their body doesn't have a really good ability to be able to create um any kind of hormones for them but if you're on the opposite end of that and you're struggling and you're feeling quite overweight and you have a lot of excess weight to lose then it's kind of it kind of makes sense that it's stimulating your appetite so you feel like you need to eat a lot more so there's kind of two sides to the coin because some people eat a lot and some people don't eat much at all but both of those people could be overweight um, what can you do about it improving detoxification pathways, eating detoxifying estrogen foods, and not exposing yourself to endocrine disrupting chemicals, which are also known as xenoestrogens. Um, oh, and some detoxifying foods are all of your cruciferous vegetables, your brassicas, and this actually reminds me, I spoke about this with Sarah and Kurt on the Health Code Daily. I cannot remember what episode it was, but it was one of the five that I spoke to them about um, foods. But it's really important to just get that to just get that estrogen out as much as possible if it's high. If it's low, eating enough and not over-exercising or exercising too much is really important, but so is not stressing as much. So the stress is also gonna be the thing that just squashes all your sex hormone production as well. Like I said, with hypothalamic amenorrhea. And flaxseed is a good all-rounder. So flaxseed, linseed, whatever you want to call it, it's a great all-rounder because it actually modulates. So when you have high estrogen, it brings it down. When you have low estrogen, it brings it up. And then hormone number five, the very last one that we're going to focus on for today's episode is testosterone. And testosterone basically runs our muscle-making ability, our sense of confidence, and our libido. So when it's high, you tend to have more hair growth excessively, you tend to have um, acne, you tend to be quite oily on your skin. Um, you could also sometimes be quite aggressive and quite domineering in certain situations, which sometimes that comes naturally to some women and that is totally fine. But if you notice that it's more, you're, you feel more dominant than you normally would, you're not as comfortable being vulnerable, you kind of yeah, like almost like you like notice this change in yourself. You're like, huh, I feel very like aggressive lately. <laughs> then that definitely could be a high testosterone um, signal for you as well. If it's low, if it, well, I was going to say if it's high, if it's high, you might have a very high libido. And actually you might have, while I don't want to encourage you to want high testosterone, but you might actually find it really easy to put on muscle. And you might have a really high libido. So the like those are like the positive sides, right? Um, however, we want to make sure that that's healthy estrogen. Uh, 
estrogen. We want to make sure that that's healthy testosterone as well. And so sometimes if we're getting that male pattern baldness, that can be a sign that our testosterone is high, but not only is it high, the toxic form is high as well. So we always want to be conscious of that. So what can we do about that? Well, you can do basically any PCOS protocol, do flow fit. You can balance your insulin, balance your cortisol and supplementing with zinc will help prevent that toxic conversion into that like more toxic potent form of testosterone. So just making sure that you eat good amount of, of, you know, zinc, high zinc foods. Um, most of the time that's meat, but that can also be like nuts and seeds and things like that. Oysters actually is a really good uh, one that is high in zinc and also supplementing with it can, can often be really helpful because generally our soil is not that high in zinc. And then low is basically the same as low estrogen. So what we just spoke about before with low estrogen was eating enough, not exercising so much and not stressing as much. But I would also say, again, you know, just making sure that your body is able to create those hormones by just chilling the fuck out is just really important. And that is why I feel like cortisol is such an influential one on everything else. But yeah, it's much the same as, um, as low estrogen. Um, and that is all for this week. I hope you guys loved that episode. I hope that it was quite like digestible with the five. And I hope you understand why I chose to focus on those five. I really don't want you to get too caught up on the weight aspect of things. If you know you're a healthy weight, you, you don't like it would be interesting for you to listen to this episode for sure but don't think that like you have to be perfect I just want us to like all get over this like we have to be models we have to be shredded we don't have to be like that we are women we are allowed to have a little bit of cushion for the pushing um and just but just feel confident in our bodies because when your hormones are balanced mentally you feel great and so you're probably going to feel even more body positive and happy and confident in your own skin by balancing your hormones. So I will see you guys next week on What a Mouthful. If anything in this episode sparked a question for you, please reach out to me on Instagram at Dezabara. You're a legend and legends leave five-star reviews. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on What a Mouthful.